Hello and welcome to this brand new episode of Valley Sports Miami Miked Up with me, Jeremy Taché. And I'm going to try to keep this relatively brief, but a couple of cool things going on on this episode specifically. First of all, some of you know this because you are watching it. But for the listening audience, this full interview is available on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So whichever platform you want to go to, you can watch this entire interview. And who was this interview with? Well, it's Marlins reliever Anthony Bender, who I was really excited to get to speak with because his story is absolutely fascinating if you really get in there into the details. And luckily, Anthony did share some of the ups and downs of his early career before reaching the Miami Marlins with me. We covered that and a whole lot more, including this Marlins start and their expectations headed into the home opener against the Philadelphia Phillies. So enjoy this episode of Miami Miked Up with Marlins reliever, Anthony Bender. And now Anthony Bender joins this episode of Miami Miked Up, a relief pitcher for the Miami Marlins. I know it has been a hectic last four or five days for you guys as the season has gotten started, but I'm going to ask you to take a step back for a second. What is something recently outside of work that has brought you joy? Joy? Um, Well, I just got to come to the Bay Area where I'm from, so I got to see my parents, grandma, all my uncles and aunts and stuff like that were there and I haven't seen them in a long time because uh, going up for the holidays, they got COVID. So I wasn't able to see them in almost a year. So I was really excited to go back home and see some family I haven't seen in a long time. Oh man, that must've been amazing. Yeah. So, so was that yeah, the first yeah. opportunity they've had to see you pitch in the bigs or has or my, one of my aunt and uncles? Yeah. That was their first yeah. time coming out to a game because they don't really travel too much. So yeah, I was really excited to see them. Oh, how cool must that have been? That's amazing to be yeah, able to yeah. have family out there. That's I mean, man, that's what baseball is all about. That's so well, cool. Yeah, and it was opening day for them as well. So it was just a whole bunch of excitement for the opening weekend. How cool. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad you got to do that. Um, and for those who don't know, you have a bit of a wild story coming from California. I'll, I'll, I'll recap for everyone as quick as I can. You were a 20th round draft pick of the Royals as a starting pitcher out of junior college. Yeah. Uh, you began your career as a starter. You get released by the Royals end up in the bullpen with the Brewer system, crush it in 2019, but then due to the pandemic in 2020, end up playing independent baseball with the Milwaukee Milkmen. And actually, you kind of struggled a bit in, in independent ball, but then show up in 2021 at spring training, blow everybody away, and we all know the type of rookie year that you had last year, really one of the better rookie seasons for any reliever in baseball. So I got to ask, with that entire sort of up and down, what evolved in your game, whether that be physically or sort of in your mentality that allowed you to go from, you know, a guy struggling in independent ball in 2020 to a really, really competitive major league reliever in 2021? Yeah, so when I was drafted by the Royals, I kind of got my mechanics a little switched up. They wanted to be more, you know, more of like a starter delivery, kind of more over the top. And, you know, I did good with them, but it didn't really fit the way I pitched too well. Um weren't really too all about my two seamers so i was only four seams so i was real straight ended up getting released by them and kind of went back to my old way of pitching but i have gained velocity with my time with the royals just getting stronger and you know you know committing to baseball 24 7. right so going back getting released i went back to my old arm slot and i was like i'm going to start ripping a two seam kind of sinker and got picked up by the Brewers and that's when that pitch kind of took off for me. My velocity stayed the same. I was up, you know, mid nineties and then 
kind of took off. I was just, I learned all my two seam in 2019 and had a pretty successful year with them. And like, I think I went low A, spent a majority of my time in high A with them, and then only spent a couple of days in double A with them. But um, yeah, that's how I was just kind of figure out my two seam the whole time with them. And then, you know, seeing some hitters' responses with it, it was a, a good pitch. So I was just building off that and, you know, just had success with it. Well, it sounds a little bit like you ended up in a system where they were trying to sort of fit you into a box and then you were sort of allowed to explore yourself a bit more as a pitcher. Do you think that, I mean, the Marlins organization has obviously untapped something there with you as well. Do you think that that's, that's part of it? Maybe Mel Stottlemyre's approach there and not being so cookie cutter? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm still working on this pitch. This is the most comfortable I am with it. I've been throwing it for a couple of years now. But um, yeah, when I first started throwing it, it, was, it wasn't consistent. I was still messing with it as a new grip. My mechanics were still changing. My body was still changing a little bit. And then went to indie ball, like you said, and I kind of got shelled. I had our the worst ERA in our bullpen. You know, I was like 21 innings. I had like a five-something, I think. Yeah, and uh, yeah. for a second there, I thought I pitched my way out of baseball because I didn't have to go to indie ball. The Brewers gave me the choice, like, hey, if you want to go play, go ahead. And I was like, yeah, I want to go play. Like, I want to stay, you know, in shape and stuff like that. And thinking they were going to put me on their taxi squad during this indie ball stint. But I went there just it seemed like every time I threw the ball I was getting laced there and I was like you know what is happening right now so I was a little nervous because I was going into free agency and then the Brewers didn't end up signing me back and I was like you know what did I just do to myself here and then the Marlins and some other teams reached out and then you know had a, th- had a couple choices of where I wanted to go um, Marlins seemed like the best fit and then I came in and had a great spring and then you know last year happened and yeah, it couldn't have worked out much better I mean, that's incredible. It's incredible the way things uh-huh. sort of so quickly turned around. And I don't want to dwell too long on sort of the 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 dark side or the the in-between there. But I have to imagine in the middle of 2020 with, with everything that's going on nationwide to begin with, and then on the personal level, you're not only not on a taxi squad, but now you're an independent ball. You're struggling. Mm-hmm. Was there a point where you thought to yourself, hey, you know, this isn't going to work out. And, and can you take me to what that place was like sort of mentally for you? Yeah, no, my mental state, it never like, dipped too low. The indie ball team I was on the Milkman was a, a great time, you know, so yeah. I became really good friends with everyone. And like, so that was fine. And then, you know, obviously you don't want to go out there and suck. So it wasn't <laughs> like the best time in the world, but it was a good time. And like, I was still learning some stuff when I was out there as well. So it was like, I was just kind of taking the approaches like, yo, I'm going to, perfect this sinker as well as I did and I think I did get better it's just I don't know the results didn't show it but I also did learn some stuff you know with like pre-game routine I'm really big on stuff like that um the only time I thought like yo I'm over baseball is when the the Royals released me and there's like a month in between where you get released and when independent ball starts and I would just like you know the days would go by the days would go by I would see all my friends playing in the minor leagues and going on like for a hot second there I was like yeah I don't know if I'm super into this anymore stuck it out got picked up by the Brewers pretty quick out of any ball which is nice which is um Sioux City I was at the first place in uh, Iowa didn't spend too much time there and then getting back into the organization with the Brewers definitely you know picked me back up so the the up and downs of Major League Baseball and I think that the people often think about that for hitters right that succeeding as a hitter if you hit 300 it means you're failing 70 percent of the time and it means you're one of the greatest to ever do it so from the pitcher side we don't think about that as much but when there's so much that goes into it at the minor league level particularly in in seasons like what you guys went through during that time I can imagine it was it was pretty intense during all that, but but I'd rather you know now spend some time thinking about about the fun stuff. So I imagine you know non traditional path to the bigs, but I would bet you had more of a traditional 
path in terms of loving baseball from the time you were young and picking it up. So as a California kid, was baseball something you were playing from a young age and was it something you were passionate about? Yeah, I grew up playing basketball and baseball. Um, never got into football, but, you know, I did Little League, CYO basketball where you're growing up, going through the ranks. Played basketball until my junior year. Didn't end up playing my senior year because I wanted to focus more on baseball and just, like, the way the scheduling worked out, it wasn't going to work anymore, which is a bummer. I wanted to play. Sure. But, um, yeah, played baseball growing up through junior college. Pretty straight path. And then, yeah, after getting drafted is when it started going, you know, right. up and down for sure. Let's stay there for a second. Uh, Growing up as a baseball fan in California, favorite player as a kid? You're about my age, so I, I can I can guess who it would be. Who you got? Barry Bonds? Yeah, Barry yep. Bonds. Had to be, right? Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy to hear. Yeah. I imagine. So and, and so with that said, I would also think that you experienced the 2003 NLDS very, very differently from how the majority of people listening to this did, which is as a huge fan of all the plays happening in favor of the Marlins. But were you a big Giants fan as a kid suffering through the Pudge play? Oh, yeah. Play? I mean, at the time I was probably eight. Yeah. So not really freaking out too much on what's going on with it. You know, sure. I probably Bonds probably hit a homer and I gave my dad a high five. Maybe is the only thing that went on. Okay. And now, but he he's a baseball fan too, but he's not like a diehard right. crazy baseball fan, you know, but um, no, we were definitely big giants fans growing up. We would go to games and stuff like that. And then pretty cool to have opening day there. And like, the field yeah. I would always go to. So, yeah, it was nice. How cool and cyclical for you. And and speaking of opening day, we're now into the, the stretch of the 2020 season as we've started here. The Marlins have played five games, uh, headed into the home opener. And I, I just want to know sort of more from a general perspective, you know, five games withstanding. From a team perspective, with new additions all over the place, what were and are your expectations for this team headed into 2022? to win baseball games you know um if you look up up and down our lineup like we can bang we just we got to have a little spark you know and when someone starts that fire with our hitters you know i think we're gonna be pretty dangerous we're every guy in this lineup could hit a homer at any single time you know like we're a pretty powerful team and then we had our first opening series with the giants like those were some grinder games that we had i think they all ended with one run difference mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. and it was nice to see it like we had they would step up in our bullpen our starters went out there and, and shoved as well so i think once it all clicks for us you know we're still kind of getting into the mix right now but once it clicks i think we're gonna be a pretty solid team here and what would you say that that you learned over the course of your first season that you're now able to bring into year two with another, you know, full spring training under your belt? Yeah, um, just kind of the traveling's totally different. Stuff like that going, mm-hmm. the, the time changes is a big difference for myself. And then just knowing I got to come in and I could be put on the mound at, at any day. It doesn't really matter if you're sore or not. Like if your time's now, it's like you're you're going in, so that just is a good mindset to have. It's like, you're not really sure if you're on the fence of throwing that day, just going to the field and knowing that you're throwing that day. is like helps you out and makes you get more ready and stuff like that, which is good. Well, and specifically when it comes to this bullpen, obviously there, there's a couple of new faces, you know, for Marlins fans, a couple guys that have only been added in, in what feels like the last week. So you're probably yeah, still getting yeah. to know them too. Yeah. But, but what do you think it, it is about this bullpen unit that will allow you guys as a group to perform to the level that this team needs in order to to be sort of that that playoff competing team mm-hmm. it's comfortability getting to know one each other or like one of another and then just like having each other's backs you know and it's such a long season and there is so many ups and downs it's like yo if you like 
telling each other, you know, short term, you're going out there like everyone down there is nasty. It's just like some days it doesn't really roll your way. And other days it's like you cannot have your best stuff. You go out there and you can go punch the side. So it's like coming in, good mindset, clear mind every day and like getting ready to go attack. And so now you guys are, are coming home going to be squaring off against a division rival in the Philadelphia Phillies. It's the home opener in front of Marlins fans. First, before I ask about the Phillies specifically, how excited are you guys just to get back home and to have an opportunity to open the season in front of Marlins fans? Yeah, no, that place is a great place to play. The environment's good. Um, I like Miami. It'll be nice to go back to the apartment, kind of get back onto your routine. You know, starting on the road's great, but the time change and everything like that is a little, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah. But it'll be nice. It'll be nice going back. And I know a lot of people like Marlins Park, so it's going to be a good time over there. Yeah, we're certainly excited to get out there. I'll see you guys there on, on Thursday for sure. Um, oh. And when it comes to the Philadelphia Phillies, you know, they, gosh, it feels like a team full of DHs, right? Like they have all oh. these big boppers. They've added Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber. So as you guys head into this series, you know, what are your thoughts on that sort of new look Phillies lineup? Yeah, no, they're good. We faced Schwarber quite a bit last year, so he's a familiar face. Um, just thrown into a different lineup. I know they got Bermuda, who's a stud, and then yeah, they got other dudes. You know, I mean, Harper, Bryce Harper, obviously. <laughs> and yeah, no, it's a good thing. But it's like we go through our our lineup. Like every team out here, pretty much bang. So it's like yep. we just come up with our game plan and attack it the best we can. You know, it's like every other team we're gonna go out and you know give them our best. It's a fun division when when you can face mm. so many great players all across the division. It'll it'll lead to a lot of fun Marlins baseball, um, which everybody can watch right here on Bally Sports. By the way, just you know, giving the little plug. Uh, real quick before you go, I want to know if you had three songs to put on a pregame playlist. What three songs would those be? Number one, "Kickstart My Heart." is my favorite song i just grew up listening to that my dad was into like all the the rock and roll growing up kickstart yeah. my heart the other one would be shoot to thrill acdc grew up watching acdc okay and then i started listening to latin music so there's a song by bad bunny but i don't know the name of hey it. man you just won over the lot of marlins fans by saying <laughs> yeah, bad bunny i'll tell you that i don't know if you were playing to the crowd yeah i don't i don't know if you're just playing to the crowd here but i know that marlins fans are probably excited about that one uh, anthony bender thank you so much for uh joining us here on miami mic'd up and marlins fans Tune in tomorrow at 6.40 for the first pitch. Tune in at 5.30 to Bally Sports Florida for the Marlins Live pregame show. We have a lot of stuff coming at you. Should be a good one. Thank you again, Anthony Bender. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Bally Sports Florida's Miami Miked Up with me, Jeremy Taché. And a special thank you to our national sponsor in Southeast Toyota. Visit your local Toyota dealers or toyota.com today and take advantage of the amazing deals on their full line of vehicles. No matter your destination, Toyota goes with you. Toyota, let's go places. (laughs) 